I don't know what you um, love about Christmas. I think, for me, one of the things that I, th- I love about Christmas, I think, is the familiarity. Do you know what I mean? Like the fact that it comes around every year and you want to do some of the same things that you've always done. And that sense of familiarity, I think, is part of the magic and the kind of mystery uh, of, of Christmas. And we all have certain ways of doing things, don't we? Like when you put the tree up, like when is it too early to put the tree up? Like June. That's like way too early. Do you know what I mean? And, and when, you, when, you, when you put the decorations up, when do you take them down? Anyone take them down like Boxing Day or no? End of December, end of December? January, I don't know, we've all got our different traditions and familiar habits. The presence, one of the things that Alison and, and me, when we first got married, I'm Leon, by the way, if you don't know who I am, and the pastor of the church here. And one of the things that when we first got married is that um, they always used to open their presents first thing in the morning, like early. And we don't do that because it's not the right way to do it. Uh, you have to do it after lunch and it takes time and you spread it out over the whole day. Anyone feel my wife's pain in that, okay? But, but you have these kind of familiar ways of doing things. And then there's the dinner and, and the familiarity around the dinner. And it was funny, um, it, for those of you that were here on, on Sunday, it was, it was only yesterday, and I was talking about the fact that I could predict where I would be this afternoon, that I would be in the supermarket. And when I got home, Alison said, you know, I wish you hadn't said that. And I said, well, I did ask for your permission. He said, yeah, I know. Which is, but it makes it sound like I'm demanding and I'm not really. And that, in fact, I've got everything covered. So you're not going to be able to do that. You told the church you were going to go to the supermarket and you're not going to. I went to three supermarkets today. Three different supermarkets that I rest my case. But there's that familiarity that we kind of love about Christmas. But you know, maybe the familiarity is what makes Christmas also difficult because there's those familiar things that we do every year and then sometimes when we come to do those familiar things and someone's not there it's the familiarity that can make it difficult the memories the music the moments we've spent the familiar can be difficult as well but you know the familiarity of Christmas can also make it dangerous as well because we're so familiar, many of us in this room, you know, you would call yourself followers of Jesus, you'd call yourself Christians, maybe all of you wouldn't do that, but some of you would. And maybe it's the familiarity of the story that makes it dangerous. And maybe for some of you who aren't yet Christians and you, you don't consider yourself, but, but you love the familiarity of the story as well. And you're here tonight because you want to come to a late night carol service because it feels familiar. And that's okay But the familiarity can make it dangerous as well. Because in the familiarity, we miss the point. We miss the point of what it's all about. Familiarity, someone said, breeds contempt. But I think in this instance, familiarity doesn't breed contempt. It breeds complacency. We're familiar with the stuff around it, but we miss the real point. Heard this incredible story a few years ago. Incredible as in, can't believe it. Um, There was a report in a newspaper in America of furious shoppers in a shop in Florida at Christmas time had to wait for four minutes in a grocery store checkout queue. Some described the experience as horrific. Four minutes. It's like you're missing the point. We get so caught up in the familiarity. But when we are too familiar with this story, we lose the majesty, the mystery, the awe, and the wonder. The familiar 
what it does is it, it makes the divine become drab. It makes the supernatural become natural. It makes the extraordinary become ordinary. And this was no ordinary baby. Jesus was no ordinary baby. Just another baby would not have been preceded by hundreds of prophecies about his birth, his life and his death. Just another baby would not have been conceived in such a miraculous way. Just another baby would not have been announced by angelic visitation. Just another baby would not have compelled wise men, powerful rich people, to travel hundreds of miles to find out who this baby was. Just another baby would not have made two old people, Simeon and Anna, who were in the temple the whole of their life waiting for the birth of this Messiah kind of leap for joy when they saw Jesus come. Just another baby would not have become a man who would give sight to the blind, freedom for the captives, and hope for those who've lost their hope. Just another baby would not have become what the Bible calls the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Just another baby would not have caused a yearly celebration that we call Christmas. And just another baby would not be transforming lives every single minute of every single day. And he's doing that in this place. And there are some people here in this room who last year, this time last year, would, say, would have said that they were atheists, but now they're followers of Jesus. Just another baby doesn't do that. Just another baby doesn't do that. But you see, Jesus was not just another baby. He was, is and always will be Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one we've been waiting for. And there's nothing familiar about that. In, in the Bible, in the book of Matthew chapter one, it says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You've probably heard that old preacher story about the little boy who was frightened one night during a big thunderstorm. Terrified, he cried out of his room, Daddy, Daddy, I'm scared. His father, not wanting to get out of bed, called back, Don't worry, son, God loves you and will take care of you. There's a moment of silence and the little boy said, I know God loves me, but right now I need somebody with skin on. And God knew that we also needed somebody with skin on. And that's why he sent not just another baby, but the baby who would become Jesus, who was Jesus, the saviour of the world. What does this baby bring that no other baby can or will ever bring? And listen, if, if you've heard this story hundreds of times, I just want to pray in these next 20 minutes or so as we approach Christmas Day that the familiarity will go to one side and your breath will be taken away again at the awe and the wonder of who he is. And if you don't know him, if you don't know the awe and the wonder of a relationship with Jesus, my hope and prayer is that maybe you would open the door to the possibility that this is not just another baby and this is not just a story and this is not just a familiar thing that we do every year. You see, what Jesus, what this baby brought to earth was a connection to the divine, a sense that there's more to life than what we can touch, eat, and we're going to eat a lot the next few days, or taste or see. There's just so much more to it than that. He also brings a hope that's certain, more than a wish, a hope that life can change, that death is not the end and that we can know God through our tough times. He will bring a peace that's present even in the storms of life. He'll bring a purpose that's worth living for. 
those early witnesses of Jesus' birth, the, the shepherds and the, and the wise men, that they became witnesses that went to tell other people about what had happened. And this baby brings a joy that's going to last. He's not just another baby. And you know, I said that this time last year, there's lots of people here in this room who, who weren't followers of Jesus who are now. And many of them will have been on a, on a course that we run here called the Alpha Course. And you may have heard about Alpha. It's run all around the world. And you know, people sign up for Alpha and, and they go along and basically they have some free food and they talk about the Christian faith and they sit around tables and they meet some new friends and get to know some people. They ask lots of questions. They explore it. They, you know, no question is wrong. And, and it's just great. And we're running an Alpha course here at Life Central in House Owen in January. We have a taster evening on Monday, January the 14th. Just a one-off evening, some live music, some great food, and a chance for you to explore the Christian faith. And, and you know, if, if after that night you want to sign up for the whole course, you can do that. But we'd love you to think about if you don't have a church that you go to, maybe signing up for it. And you can do that a number of ways. If you've come with someone from the church, you can talk to them or you can sign up in the connection point out in the atrium or you can do something else. You can actually text Alpha and your name to 60777, 60777 and text Alpha and your name and then someone will send you some information about the Alpha course. That's one of the ways this Christmas time that you could say, I don't just want this whole thing to be a familiar thing that I do just at Christmas time. Because it's not just that, there's got to be more than that. And we want to encourage you to explore that for yourself. But you know, as we come towards a time of worship now, and as we're going to take communion later, and as we move into Christmas Day, I want to read something to you. The playwright and the poet, Christopher Wright, expresses the wonder of the birth of this incredible baby. And then after, after I've read this, you're going to see a media piece and then you're going to hear a song and then we're going to go into a time of worship. But together, I want to encourage you now, let's fight the familiarity and let's open up again to the wonder of this no ordinary baby, but Jesus, the saviour of the world. He says this, the darkest night of the year, the poorest place in town, cold and a taste of fear, Man and woman alone, what can we hope for here? More light than we can learn. More wealth than we can treasure. More love than we can earn. More peace than we can measure. Because one child is born. Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you so much that now we are in Christmas Day. The day that we celebrate when you came to earth, the day we celebrate when you set foot on the planet, the day when we celebrate the vulnerability of God that shrank himself almost to the form of a baby so that we could see a God with skin on and we could know what you're really like. And Lord, when we see Jesus, we see who you are, God. So God, now I pray that as we head into Christmas Day, God, I just want to pray that we would not be familiar and over-familiar, but we would again be, just have our breath taken away by the awe and the wonder and the majesty of who you are and what you've done. Jesus, I pray for every single person here. I pray for every single family. And the familiarity is going to be difficult for some of us. We'll listen to music. We'll do things. We'll eat food and, and, and memories will come back and it will be painful at times. God, I pray you'd be blessed. You'd bless them people. Bless us, Lord, in those moments. 
But Lord, there's also going to be a lot of fun over this next couple of days together. And God, may you be in that fun and in that celebration as well. But Lord, in all of the familiarity, help us not to forget that it is all about you. Jesus, we love you. You are amazing. And we welcome you again into our lives this Christmas day. In Jesus' name. Amen.